Thanks for listening. Join us now for Perry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Moody Radio. Well, today is the Shonda Shauna Show. <laughs> Stand-up comedian, television hostess, author, and now actress Shonda Pierce has channeled her life experiences into positivity, bringing laughter to audiences around the country. And we are just delighted to have her here on Perry and Shonda Mornings. Hey, Shonda, what's one thing that God taught you during COVID, during the lockdown? Wow, that almost makes me cry. That my time with him is 10 times more important than than the news or Facebook or any of it. That time with him, again, can be intimate and sweet. And even when you're afraid, you know, or you're worried that my time with him became very, very valuable, almost that I've kind of just not done what I'm supposed to do for my job and social media and all that. And I've, I've not probably written as much comedy as I, I should have. I, I wrote a lot, but it could have been more, you know, but my time with him, I've gotten really jealous of anything that gets in the way of that. Mm, that's good. And I, I believe that's the only reason I'm saying, mm-hmm. you know, isolation is one of the worst tricks of the enemy mm. when you struggle with depression already. Mm. And I was so afraid I'm going to have to up my meds or, I, you know, I need to go talk to my therapist some more. Or, And I would do a couple of Zoom calls and stuff with my counselors and my pastor. But the bottom line is it really was the intimate time and the word of God and the fight to get through the dark. Everything I had learned through deep, deep depression and years and years ago going to a, you know, a psychiatric hospital because I was so depressed. And that was 20 years ago. Hmm. All those lessons came into play during Hmm. this whole COVID pandemic. And, and believe me, I, you know, I don't want to start a fight or a controversy. I'm tired of all of that. But all that to say, I, when I got the vaccine, I had a very dear friend that I love and trust call me and ask me to walk through the prayer of repentance oh. because I got the vaccine. Oh, wow. And that's that's when I was like, okay, now that's carrying it a bit too far because <laughs> somebody's got to trust my walk with the Lord. And my walk with the Lord is very, very precious to me. And I did not sin against him mm. because I went and got a vaccine. It was just my personal preference. I got a vaccine when I got to go to kindergarten you know, 50 years ago, it, it just taught me and, and it made me see how how diverse we are, even in our own church family and in our own Christian world. And some of that comes with just getting on the same page. And you know how you get on the same page? Read the Bible! <laughs> <laughs> Yay! That's it right there. I got to tell you, my, my sweet little 21-year-old, always wise beyond her years daughter, spent four months in South Africa this summer. And when she got home, there was this piece about her and this ability to be able to mm. serve other people without being concerned about herself. She just didn't get ruffled about things that ruffled her before she left. And in having a conversation about that, I said, what happened there, kid? And she's like, well, you know, Jesus is working on my heart and he's working on your heart and he's working on his heart and he's working on her heart. So I can just relax and I don't have to make sure everybody does the right thing anymore. I thought, oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh man. And it helps our level of compassion for people. You know, we we haven't proved to be very tender, compassionate people. Mm-hmm. You know, putting down a few picket signs and buying a few groceries for somebody could be the 
answer. That's good preaching right Preach. now. Preach. <laughs> Bring Preach. it. Come on. <laughs> Can you tell us just your faith story? Like, how did you come to make a decision to follow Jesus? You know, I uh, I grew up a preacher's kid. And so, of course, every time you know you're going to get a whooping when you get home, you go to the altar to get saved so your parents <laughs> won't spank you. You know, I it's those kinds of things. I think if there was something at school that I made a bad grade, I'd go to the altar next Sunday to get saved. You know, so my parents would go easy on me. I grew up a Nazarene and I said, I got saved 365 times. <laughs> I married a Baptist and he got saved once and that ticks me off. So all that to say, I think, I think the moment that I realized I needed to get serious about my life with Christ was sitting in an office on Music Row in Nashville, Tennessee. And mm-hmm. I had sang and danced at a, a theme park for many, many years. And uh, I decided to get a day job. And at that time in my life, you know, there are times, you know, you're so close to the Lord that you can sense his breath on your neck, you know. And at that time, I wasn't. I was sitting there typing the lyrics of a song that one of our songwriters had written. And my job was to type up the lyric, get all the paperwork done as far as copyright and all of that goes. And then from time to time, I could go in and tell my boss, hey, you know, I think, you know, I think Tanya Tucker would be good singing this, or I think you should give this to, you know, this new group, Diamond Rio at the time, you know, those Mm -hmm. kinds of things. And this song was a Christian song. And I remember my boss going, now, aren't you a Christian? (laughs) And I felt bad that she had to ask. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) And, And I said, yeah, I go to church sometimes, you know. And it was a song called The Saving Kind of Love. That lyric, the Holy Spirit used that to touch my heart, to remind me of the childhood love I used to have for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I went in the bathroom, and I used to make a joke all the time going, all the you know Sunday school classes and children's church and millions of services I had been in as a preacher's kid, I got saved at the throne in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and I told my boss, I said, I'm going to have to go home. I was so convicted. You know, you just mm-hmm. sick at your stomach when you just know that you know you're not living like you need to be living. And my boss said, well, fine, when are you coming back? And I said, I don't think I'm ever coming back. I just knew, and I think that was the sweetest thing the Lord gave me was that moment, that was the last moment of wisdom. I just knew I was not going to be strong enough to fight the battles that you have to fight in such a deep secular world. Mm. And I needed to go home and strengthen my armor. And I, I quit my job, went home on faith, sat on the porch when my husband got home. And I said, I gave my life to Jesus today and I quit my job. He said, did Jesus tell you to do that? <laughs> we were such a two income you know, family. Yeah. And I said, I think God will just provide. But I can't, I can't be in that atmosphere anymore. Back in those days in the country music world, it was rough in the 80s. And so I, uh, I finally got a job as a church secretary at a little tiny church. And praise the Lord for that, because it was sitting there one day that the pastor said, our entertainment for Valentine's Banquet just canceled out. Can you put your mini pearl dress on? Because that's what I used to do at Opryland and just give us some entertainment and then give a word of testimony. I said, OK. And that was the first little gig I ever had, you know, in a church basement of a little tiny church. 
and I remember saying the words, you know, well, I grew up on the second row piano side and they all laughed and I, which I couldn't figure <laughs> out why, you know what I mean? I'm like, I don't know why that's funny. <laughs> you just milk it, you know? Yeah. But it was, it was the beginnings. It was absolutely Holy Spirit driven to one, woo me to his side and then find a place for me in, mm. in, in serving him. Mm. And I, I look back and I think that's why I've survived these long years on the road is because I, I've always known he will, he will give me the next step. And he always has. Shonda Pierce, the queen of clean coming to West Michigan. And I just love her story, how, you know, God just led her one step at a time. You know, she's at the record company and, gets convicted of her sin and leaves there and becomes a church secretary and there's a cancellation and they want her to perform. And so she performs in a church basement and you know, it, that's what the life of faith is. We just take the next step. We go as far ahead as we can see. And she, she would have never known that she'd become the best selling female comedian oh of all goodness. time. Yeah, I know that's so, that is so fantastic by just staying connected to the Father and being obedient to the next thing He's asking you to do. What we don't understand is that next thing is the next step to get us to our destiny. Yes. And so we walk forward by faith, not knowing where we're going, but knowing who's leading us. Shonda Pierce, she's going to be in concert at Fairhaven Church next week. So you had your moment at the throne where you exactly. where you met Jesus. But there's some bad theology out there that says from that moment of commitment on everything with Jesus is onward and upward. It's rainbows and unicorns. It only gets better. <laughs> yeah, somebody needs to slap those theologians. Right. So I'm guessing you're riding that train right now. It is not easy. And I can say this tenderly because I make a living in churches, you know, and so it's like you don't want to tick them all off. But that is the biggest lie. Even in my childhood, I can remember hearing that or picking up on that kind of theology. I look back at it, and I think we were trying to make God look good. And Mm. (laughs) I think we were trying to help his PR, you know. And I want to go, you know, I've seen the Grand Canyon. I've seen people that are alive that should be dead. I'm pretty sure his reputation is fine. He just needs you to tell the truth. And the truth is... Coming to know Jesus is one of the most divisive things you'll ever do. The Bible says, and I wish it didn't, but the, the Bible basically says you're either in or out. <laughs> and you, you either do it my way or I'll spit you out. And you can't be lukewarm. You've got you to gotta dive into this thing. And we, we sold a lie when we said, come to know Jesus and life will be perfect. Because I want to tell you something. <laughs> this sounds, don't tell my shrink this. They'll call a doctor. <laughs> I am so ready for heaven. Because <laughs> yeah. this world is hard. My life has been hard. You know, and I've had beautiful, wonderful moments. I was telling a girlfriend discouraged yesterday. Right now, while we talk, one of my dearest, precious brothers in Christ, who is like a son to me, is fighting the battle for his life. I went through my Facebook yesterday. I counted in my personal Facebook page 27 people that have died that I know, Mm. you know, in the last couple of years, some from COVID, some from, you know, old age. That's how old I am. But life is just hard right now. But every now and then, God gives this drop of glue 
glue that just keeps you holding together a little bit longer. And sometimes it's all of a sudden the sunset is the most beautiful you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Or a, a sweet little, you know, tiny miracle. My friend who's fighting for his life got up in a wheelchair yesterday and was talking a little more clearly. He's had a stroke. So in other words, it's little tiny things. I always feel like God is working and dropping droplets of glue. You know, the Bible says he knows all things and in him, all things hold together. It is so imperative to to look for the the little moments of glue that God is 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 still keeping us, holding us together. And if you look around at what the world's going through and you're still standing and breathing, okay, that that's a sign right there. There's a God. Mm-hmm. Hey, you've got this film laughing in the dark and it's it's so depressing. No, it's true. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's completely autobiographical. And yes. so talk about those three years of purgatory, Ooh. I guess. Yeah, that's how it felt. You know, we didn't have a clue what we were doing. And I, I, I joke all the time that I have had three documentaries done and I'm still alive. So I don't know what they're going to do when I'm dead. This documentary came about that we wanted to talk about how interesting it is that I suffer from depression, as many people do in the, in the world, and how I got through that and still make people laugh. And it was kind of a documentary. Of, we started out trying to talk about how many comics suffer from depression. And that's kind of where we were headed. And in the midst of the three years of just taking the camera on the road, sometimes we had a really good camera. Sometimes it was terrible. You know, it's like we didn't know what we were doing, but we just felt like God wanted us to talk about depression and the church and that it's okay to take medicine and it's okay Mm -hmm. to see a therapist. And it's okay, you know, to lean into that godly counsel that can help you teach you how to stay out of the dark. And in the midst of that, my husband fell into Great Depression, and my husband began to drink, and that was a new thing in my life, and and then he died. And we all of a sudden had a completely different uh, project, and we debated over and over, do we put it out there or not? And, and I'll be honest with you, sometimes when I look back, it certainly didn't help matters with some of my family members. They don't, you know, some people aren't comfortable with telling everything. I make a living telling all, <laughs> you know, that way I don't have to go back and catch up with anything. <laughs> there you go. You know, and, and so we decided to put it out there. And that thing took off. And still, I still get mail, you know, and it was released in the theaters for like a day or two. The day it was released, it was almost, I think it was like number three in the nation of movies seen. It just blew my mind. We had the ending where David and I had reconciled and we moved back in together, you know, and he had been in rehab and up in the middle of that, he died. So we had to go back and redo the ending and we just kind of rushed through it and and it was hard. So wow. I think the the next documentary called Enough, we wanted to do it so it looked like I was still alive. <laughs> That all that didn't kill me. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, it ends a little happier enough to. <laughs> so raw. It was just so raw and real. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I'll choke up saying it, I think if my my job has been for anything, it is to hold a mirror up to reality and the church. Mm-hmm. It's to keep us all realizing that, you know, this, this is what life really is. And this is how a real God 
get you through it. Instead of, we've always said, oh, this is how the church should be, and this is how God should get you through it. And now this is, you know, the church is filled with broken and hurting people, and I think sometimes we forget that. And I think, Shonda, you give people permission to be broken. Yeah. Yes. You know, I don't I don't see a pristine character in the Bible. I mean, I can't think of one whose walk with Jesus was perfect and they came from you know the palace and they you know and they had servants all around them all the time. Everyone was broken in that Bible. Mm-hmm. Everybody you read about, the disciples did not have very sweet deaths. <laughs> and then they all came from broken places and characters and characteristics. You know, Thomas, we always know Thomas the doubter. I go, yep, that's part of me too. Everybody, every everybody in the Bible, I don't see a Moses, you know, he, he was reluctant to lead the people out of Egypt. He, he had to have help. And I love that. So I'm like, if people could just read the word and see themselves in those pages, it would change their lives. It, that's what would give them hope of how God is working. Is that your dog? That's my dog growling at me. <laughs> <laughs> ready to get down and play. <laughs> what kind of dog do you have? I have a little lap dog. His name is Murphy. Hi, Murphy. He is the <laughs> cutest thing. I had a dog with me on the road for 17 years, and he passed away just before COVID. I thought, I'm not going to get another dog. Well, then I heard about, you know, it looks like we're getting ready to get shut down. And I thought, okay, I'm a chicken. I'm going to go get another dog. <laughs> I lasted about eight days without a dog. And little Murphy came along, and he is just a delight, but he's still puppy. I kind of got used to Jack Bauer, my other dog, because he would just lay around and get fat like his mama. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Murphy, I have to actually take a walk, you know. (laughs) Hey, Shonda, just real quick, it occurs to me, you know, somebody's listening right now, and they're in this deep, dark pit of depression, and you know what that's like, just encourage that person. You know, there's a word you need to tape to your fridge, HALT, H-A-L-T. Don't let yourself get hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Those are four things the enemies love to do. Now, it doesn't mean sit down and eat a whole cheesecake. Letting yourself get hungry could be being hungry for the Word of God. You know, don't let yourself get depraved of the nourishment that the Lord gives you and just physical nourishment. When you get an empty stomach, it changes how you feel and your mood. Don't let yourself get angry. The Bible says be angry, but sin not. And so turn off the news. You know, if, if that's what's making your blood pressure rise or if there's a toxic friend in your life that just is really making you feel condemned, let go of that. Don't let yourself get hungry, angry, and then lonely. And that's a hard one because especially in a society where many people were shut down or were social distanced, but there's got to be someone in your life with the technology we have in this world. There's no reason to sit alone and, and sink into that. So have a Skype conversation or a Zoom or there's a neighbor who might need some cookies, you know, bake some cookies and walk down the, you know, put your mask on and and don't let yourself get lonely. Go to church, you know, if you have to distance yourself or whatever, but don't let yourself get hungry, angry, lonely, and then tired. Give yourself permission to take a nap. 
you know, and if you've got long, long, hard hours or two jobs and all of that, then give yourself a few moments to just sit on the porch and take a deep, deep breath. But don't let yourself get so tired that the world looks so overwhelming. Those are four things that they use in all kinds of rehab situations, but it works perfectly for depression. And everything you drag out of the dark into the light has no more power over you. And so you keep your heart in tune with the Lord and you know that this will pass. Can you share with us one of your favorite short bits? <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. Well, you know, I I think still my number one favorite bit from childhood is my dad was preaching and his pants were unzipped and oh. we felt so embarrassed for him in his sermon that my brother went to the back of the room and held up a sign that said, Dad, zip it up. And he thought we were trying to tell him to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> And he hollered at the congregation, I know you're wanting me to zip it up, but I'm not going to do it. Oh, my goodness. That's excellent. (laughs) Shonda, with all that we're the state that we're in right now as a country with the pandemic and the earthquakes and the crisis in Afghanistan, do you feel like it's easier or more of a challenge right now to make people laugh? People say that this is serious times and You know, I I need to be a little more serious. And I go, you know what? This is what God called me to do. You know, and I was nervous about that because it has been such hard times. And I was talking to the Lord day before yesterday. Here I'm sitting in the hospital, sitting with somebody. And then I rush home, you know, to, to repack my suitcase and head out to another friend who's really, really sick. And then I'm working at the farm and trying to sell my condominium. And I, and, and I said, Lord, I have no joy left. And I, I just remembered that verse that says, and the joy of the Lord is my strength. And it just, it just let me off the hook mm. that the joy of the Lord is your strength. So it's all going to be about his joy when I get back to work and I'll be fine. And then I started relaxing and thinking about more material. And when you work on your heart and your walk with the Lord and you lean on him, what everybody else is doing is completely secondary. He's got enough work to do on me. If I just <laughs> if I just focus well, on that, now, I'm thanks good. Thanks for going there. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Shonda, we're just incredibly grateful for you. Thank you so much. Thank you, my friends. It's always good talking to you. I know Perry takes up all the conversation and talks way too much. I know. I know. I'm a, it's, it's, you know, it's that, it's that guy thing. Guys talk way more than gals. As girls, we need to stick Shana, together. And you know, you and I, if we get together and people had to say our name over and over and over, we'd be a great Pentecostal. <laughs> we need that show, Shauna Shonda Show. There and you just go. see how many times people can say it without cussing. There you go. That's so fun. Well, we're super excited to have you in our neck of the woods next week so we'll make sure that lots of invitations go out i am so excited to get back to work and i have new music and i have a new friend with me it's just i might still wear my yoga pants i'm not sure <laughs> you get so used to what you've been wearing around the house i haven't even, i haven't dressed up in so long <laughs> you, just don't, you only have to dress up from the waist up for zoom exactly. calls and stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> Well, can I can I just pray for you before we say goodbye? I would love it. Thank you. Pray for the tour too. Okay. 
Lord, thank you so much for this avenue of joy and laughter that opens up the door to talk about eternally what you offer us and who you are. And I just pray blessings over Shonda as she's out on the road again, Lord, that you would keep her healthy and strong, that you would protect her from the coronavirus and anything else that would keep her from proclaiming who you are and bringing joy into the places that she steps into. I do pray, Lord, for the the stuff, the things that have to come into place. I even pray for her desire to have a partner in life, to be with God. I just pray that you pour out your absolute best for her, that you'd open up doors where it feels like there's roadblocks and that your favor would be upon her, that she would just not only know intellectually and and from your word how much you love her, but that she'd be reminded of all those, the quiet times and the quiet places that she's come to know and protect with you, Father, that she'd be reminded in those spaces that your plans for her are good and how much you love her and that she is precious, that she truly is precious to you. So we pray blessings and we pray for eternal fruit out of this tour that each encounter and each date and opportunity would be somebody's spiritual birthday that would radically change not just their life for all of eternity, but like their family line. Exponential fruit in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Shauna. I appreciate you guys very much. Well, we look forward to next time. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. I'll try to think of something new. Thanks for listening to Perry and Shauna Replay. To learn more, text us at 800-968-8930. That's 800-968-8930.